Welcome back to the Fast Break, episode 131. Uh, I'm glad to be back after my brief two-week hiatus because unlike Aaron, I actually take some difficult classes, so I had to focus on studying for my final exams. Um, but, you know, it's good to be back. I had to... What did you have final exams in? <laughs> math and history? Math, history, and biology. You did not have a biology final exam? Yeah, about two months ago. What are you talking about? Uh, that's we didn't even the have point. that. That's that false. Okay, whatever. The point is, I'm much smarter than Aaron. So, uh, but the it was point good is to have, you have uh, 10 o'clock AAU basketball game. So, uh, that's the point. All okay, right. that's fine. Fair, fair. Well, it was good to have uh, Nick Goldie and his bad takes back on the show for uh, for a few weeks. But now he is gone and I am back. So, everybody, all the fans of the show, you can rejoice that I'm back. Um, but as you guys know, the playoffs have started. And uh, today we'll be focusing on overviewing the first two or three games of each playoff series in the Western Conference. So I say we start at the top of the bracket with Aaron's favorite team, the Jazz, who host the Grizzlies. Uh, Aaron, what are your initial thoughts on the series so, so far? Um, I'm feeling good. I think it's good for teams like this who hope to make a deep run to have some trials in the start. And I'm feeling, I mean... I think you can't say, oh, the Mavs win their series, the Jazz can feel lucky, because whoever wins that series is probably the better team. It's not like in a seven-game series you're really stealing games. I think if the Mavs win this series, they can show that they were the better team. So, um, But I, I feel more confident against that team, especially. I, I can just say that. If there's only really one player you have to lock down, unlike this Grizzlies team who has a lot of options, I mean, Dylan Brooks, best game of his career in game one, at least scoring-wise. And uh, game two, I mean, Jazz got up 22 at one point, and then uh, third quarter at one point, it was a two-point game. Obviously, uh, Jonas Valanciunas and Dylan Brooks had early fouls. They didn't play much of the first quarter, really, uh, too early there. And then uh, they both got three in the second quarter. It's not usually an issue in the NBA. I don't watch much college, but I think it's a – kind of a bigger problem there at least more common where you would sit your player but really in the NBA people don't sit because of fouls but it's interesting it ended up this way uh Gobert fouled out in game one too uh and played played a lot of minutes I mean this Grizzlies team is the youngest playoff team in 10 years about and uh Jazz are in a perfect veteran window so I it's it's an interesting magic uh matchup I would predict Jazz in six uh, I feel very comfortable in a game seven at home but I doubt it goes there uh, probably going to five is more likely than seven. Mitchell minutes restriction may be in question, but uh, other than that, I don't see many issues. Obviously, uh, John Morant career high, and it still won the game. So feeling good. Yep, uh, exactly. Many, including myself, were concerned about Utah after game one. But after uh, looking into it more myself, seeing they only lost by three without their best player and obviously their best scorer, uh, and like you said, Dylan Brooks had a career night and still only lost by three points uh, and come back, have to face off John Moran's career night, and they still get the win at home. Uh, home court advantage, they're st still a much better team, much deeper, more talented. I think Utah has no problem winning this and most likely five, possibly six. Um, I think Memphis could, could get one more at home possibly, but I think Utah is, a, is in a good spot. And I do agree with you um, that the Mavericks have certainly looked like the better team. So I'm not saying Jazz will get lucky if the Mavericks continue to win this series. Um, but I think it, it might be an easier matchup for them just with uh, both teams' strengths and weaknesses. But 
Um, I guess we can move on now to that Clippers Mavericks series where the Mavericks lead 2-0 after stealing both games in LA. Yeah, I mean, you can say it'd be a favorable matchup for the the Jazz. Jazz fans probably hoping for that. Uh, Clippers fans are hoping for that too. They they did some pretty clear tanking there trying to get this team. It's not really working out for them. I mean, the Clippers played really bad in game one. Uh, other than Kawhi, I mean, the team was 0-9, 0-9 from three in the last six minutes and two for six in free throw. A team that's supposed to be really good at threes or historically has been. Mavs uh, kind of lucky. Their supporting cast showed up. Uh, obviously, that's what they need to win series like this. Luka is incredible. I think no matter what team he's on for the rest of his career, you can't pick a team sweeping against him because he's just that good. Kind of the same thing with players like uh, LeBron or Curry, things like that. I mean, you can't you can't pick a sweep against players like that because they, they can carry their teams like that. But I, I just think it's fascinating how the Clippers, like, really badly wanted this matchup other than – or I mean, you could say they were avoiding the Lakers, but they also didn't want to play the Nuggets or, or the Blazers, really. And, I mean, uh, Kawhi is playing great, and they're still losing. So, that's scary for the Mavericks. Yeah, I would actually argue I don't think Kawhi is playing great. He's definitely playing good, but I think they need more from him, honestly. Uh, really? we saw a couple of years ago when he won that title in Toronto, uh, Max Kellerman especially and a lot of guys in the media saying – oh, Kawhi's right there, top three in the game. Uh, anybody down the line, I want Kawhi taking that shot, Kawhi leading my team. That's not what I see right now from Kawhi Leonard in, the, in these past two playoffs with L.A. I don't know if it's molding with Paul George, who's never been a great playoff player. Um, but it, it just seems like when the, when these guys in the playoffs, they're not guys that are not going to let you lose. They're not dominators right now, and Lucas seems like he is. And I told you before the show, I don't think there's any way Dallas will lose the series. Um, I'd say possibly as early as five games, maybe, but more likely six Eesh. or seven. But um, on paper, LA is much better. Uh, there's no question. We've talked about it all year. Dallas has a huge problem on their hands with 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 depth. Which, if they want to contend for a title, they'll need to address that. But uh, I think LA is done for. And it, once again, this summer, they're gonna have to do a lot of searching to see what the issue is. I mean, 41 points from Kawhi in game two. I mean. I wouldn't say I think he's playing at the level of a player that he is, but uh, I guess, yeah, I just kind of the style of this team. Like we thought they'd fix their chemistry problems and they may have off the court, but on the court, it's still kind of a, I mean, we thought the Nets were going to play my turn, your turn. Like, Oh, this is Kyrie's possession. Then KD's possession, but really they've meshed a lot better than it looks like this Clippers team is. It's not like they, it's not a team like the Jazz that's getting like leading the league in passes and pick and roll and all these teamwork things. It's a lot of ISO and I'm going to just shoot a three every time I get the ball. And I don't know. I mean, they, they were your title pick. And I think that's kind of an on paper pick. They have some probably the most talent in the West and they were the favorite last year, obviously uh, lost in the second round. But I, I think that it's interesting to see how this will play out because I think uh, what's the statistic 93% of teams win up to Oh, like th there were people picking four or five Clippers that I saw online, just going into the playoffs, looking at articles and listening to people and whatnot. And it's just shows how good Luca is. I mean, going to this season, you guys are saying he might be a top three player in the league. I'm still not willing to say that much, but he's definitely in that territory. I mean, he has like top 20 of all time potential and uh, yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Like you mentioned on paper, this team, in my opinion, is more talented than everybody except for Brooklyn. 
Um, and really, it was the same way last year, but uh, obvious chemistry issues, and we thought the hire of Ty Lue and bringing in some, some other veterans, such as Rajon Rondo, would fix that, but evidently, uh, they're not. And I, I don't think we oftentimes tend to overreact on this show. I don't think this is one of them. Um, but L.A. I Oh, go ahead. Quite disappointed in my, uh, in my championship pick, like you mentioned. Go ahead. Yeah, it's rough. I just think that, like, it cannot be understated uh, how rough the Mavericks bench is. Like, Kristaps Porzingis might not even be their second-best player. I think he's in the same situation as uh, uh, Andre Drummond, where, like, he was an all-star year, or close to all-star. I don't know if Porzingis was an all-star, but uh, I don't think he was. But they were both very close. Drummond was. And people still kind of carry off of that. Um, I mean, these are players that are not giving that same impact that people are making a bigger deal about than they really are. I mean, it's kind of an excuse to talk about Drummond, just, but we can talk about that in the Lakers' sons, where I think he's being way overrated. But also Porzingis, like he's not, I'm, he's not a section option for the foreseeable future with this Mavs team. Like maybe it's Jalen Brunson or Tim Hardaway, but those are really like, six-man type guys like I'm not sure if those can really be second options and uh, I have a lot of questions with Porzingis but uh, I, I don't know how you feel about him I just think that he's getting like way overhyped and overheralded. like he's he's scoring somewhat I guess I mean 20 points in game two and around there in game one too but I don't know uh, a lot of questions with this team but it's incredible that they're still pulling these games out. Yeah, I completely agree. The team reminds me a lot of the uh, 06, 07 Cavaliers where uh, Luca is kind of in the same boat as LeBron, where he is just leading a, a not good roster. Um, I don't think this team gets, gets to the title like that Cavs team did or gets to the championship. Um, but I've, I think I haven't, maybe I haven't said it all year, but in my mind, I've thought Chris Jaffs is not the second star or the Robin to Luca's Batman that uh, the Mavericks need. They need a, they need a second star and Chris Jaffs is not that. But uh, I think you mentioned Drummond, so that's a good transition into the Lakers and the Suns series. Uh, Phoenix got game one, but Lakers are taking the next two. What's your thoughts? Ben, have you ever watched a Batman movie? I have watched Interesting. Three Interesting. Two. Yeah, that's one of the only movies I've watched. From a self-proclaimed, I don't watch movies. Uh, you I, know, that might actually be the last movie I've watched, like the new Batman that came out in like, 2012 or 2013 you have have watched a movie since 2012 (laughs) i don't think so i can't no actually i watched captain america like 2015 that might be the last new you are that is that is you're lying so but this is like when you're like who's drake um all right yeah exactly and now you're like the biggest fan of school all right game one talk about that first what what is I'm not the biggest Drake fan. He's, I mean, he's fine. Who is? Who not else me. is? Yeah, it might be. I, I don't like Drake like uh, like Will Day likes Eminem. I mean, oh, that Drake. guy's obsessed. Goodness. It's, Do you follow right. him on Instagram? No, but I have like three classes with him in like every Kahoot and Quizlet Live. He puts his name as like Slim Shady. His profile picture is Eminem. He like walks around. You gathered him. that much, not even following him. Every single post is about like gun rights or Eminem. It's it's <laughs> it's it's something. All right. Um, <laughs> transitioning to Lakers Suns. Uh, game one. My my questions is what is what is up with Chris Paul? I don't know if you know more about his injury or lack of injury, but he obviously is not seen to be playing right. I mean, six points in 35 minutes. Like I could probably do that. So uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe not. 
I don't I think he's just I'm not sure if like younger Chris Paul, I don't know that the injury would be affecting this much, but I mean he's aging and I think he's kind of been beat up all year. Um he's clearly not not his usual self. I mean, we typically get more than six, six and eight out of Chris Paul. Um and I think that's gonna hurt them. Uh I, I said after game one, I think Phoenix wins the series. I've now changed my mind. I I still think it goes seven, but I think LA pulls in the out another road win. Um it, it, you're, you're saying Phoenix steals the series when they're the two seed in the West. I mean, this might be the first uh, two seed upset in NBA history. No, 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 no. I said LA steals a game in oh, Phoenix. Okay, okay. All right. Yeah, I think it goes seven, but LA steals another game in Phoenix. Okay. Um, well, either way, this would probably still be the first uh, seven or two seed upset because the Lakers are so heavily favored going into this. Um, but I mean, go, uh, I think we both thought Chris Paul is the best player on the Suns team, but, and it might just be the injury, but Devin Booker has really ran this team, both of his passing and his shooting. He's got that mid range. I mean, uh, AD and LeBron didn't play great in game one. Like really they just played bad, but, uh, Devin Booker has been incredible. I can see this going long. Um, probably not the series I would bet to go seven, but definitely, uh, very intriguing matchup. And, uh, both these teams have potential to go far past this first round. Uh, yeah, I think uh, also underrated uh, for the Sun right now is Denver Ayton. He's playing very well. I think he's averaging 22 and 13. But uh, it kind of highlights uh, how we're seeing with Phoenix right now is some some guys in their team are overperforming. And then some guys like Chris Paul and uh, notably Jay Crowder are heavily underperforming. Uh, Crowder is 2 of 20 from 3 this series. Uh, they need they, Phoenix against LA. Or they're, they're, they will need production from everybody, all the role players, and they're just not getting that right now. Um, and Jay Crowder is the guy I've seen from the most. Yeah, you're right about Aiton. I mean, he's playing great. Um, he's he's uh, probably their third best player. I mean, I, I guess that's a pretty safe thing to say at this point. Uh, at some points, he wasn't in the regular season, really inconsistent. I mean, his numbers, it's the lowest of his career, at least uh, points and assist-wise. I mean, he's down to 14 from 16 his rookie year and 18 his uh, second year. I mean, first overall pick, but still might be his best year yet. Just because how this team is built, obviously Chris Paul with a bit of a uh, scoring load. Uh, Mikel Bridges, really good. So, yeah, I mean, he's been great in the playoffs so far. And, the, I mean, they're really going to need him, too, because there, there's uh, a lot of good centers in the West, probably not as much as the East, where some of the best players in the league are uh, bigs. But especially if they end up against the Nuggets, he can be really valuable against Jokic, even though he's Jokic is one of the hardest bigs to guard. But, yeah, I mean, he's been really good. Yep. All right. Uh, let's move on to the final first round series. Denver against Portland. Denver's taken the last two after dropping game one. Uh, my biggest takeaway right now is that Denver's guards, uh, Campazzo and Austin Rivers, are outplaying a Portland team led by Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. I have the reverse take. I think the Nuggets missing three rotational guards is actually hurting them, even if it's PJ Dozer and Will Barton, Jamal Murray. Like, the, missing those players is legitimately hurting them, and Denver can't guard uh, Portland's backcourt to save their life. Like the Blazers' strategy is to let Jokic score, and uh, somehow, I mean, he's so good that he he can do that. But I, I would not say that they are outplaying them. I would say it's almost the biggest issue for the uh, Nuggets is guarding uh, the, the other two stars. But 
I don't know if you're, you're seeing something different there. I mean, Dame at 37, and he basically is getting an uncontested look every single play with a five-foot guy guarding him. So uh, w- w- what makes you think differently? Well, I'm just saying Denver's up 2-1 right now, and they stole a game on the road. Um, and I think I was expecting worse from their guards, honestly. I think their guards were doing enough to support Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. to get them wins. You're never going to stop Damian Lillard. I mean, 37 is probably a little too much, but I think Denver's guards are doing more than everybody expected and enough to win the series. Well, I mean, he had 42 in game two and they lost. So, I mean, you might be onto something there. It's more than just Damian Lillard. I mean, CJ had 21, which is a bit lower than you'd like. Uh, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, only seven points. I mean, Dame, Dame has played really well. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to criticize him. I, I think that he's always played really good in the playoffs. It's kind of where he's gained his stardom and his name is uh, being clutch in the playoffs. And uh, he, he's played great, and it's not like they're stopping him. But Jokic is just so good. Like, Jamal, with Jamal Murray, they might have been my Western Conference favorite, considering – I had the I have the Jazz as my favorite, and behind them, I probably would have had the Clippers. And look how they're doing. So, uh, it, with with Jamal Murray, I think more people would have had Nuggets as a title favorite. Uh, I don't know how popular it would have been, but they definitely would have been in that conversation. I'm not sure how much they still are. I mean, they have to win the first round first, but uh, they're 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 really good. And next year, I I don't know how long it will be till Jamal Murray gets back, but. Uh, definitely another chance to go really deep. Yep. All right. I don't have much else to say. So I guess uh, one one closing question for you. Uh, so at based off right now, who do you see winning the Western Conference, representing the conference in the NBA Finals? I mean, I, I, I'm considering my take that I started with. I'm going to pick the Jazz. I'm going to predict that the Mavs win their first round, although I don't think it's as much as a wrap as you said. I think it's more likely that series goes to six or seven than five does. And then, um, but I, I think that the Jazz still are going to be my favorite because I'm not sure which team can beat them. I think considering they went in the first round, I would still pick them against the Mavs as most people would. And then uh, I think it's pretty safe bet against Denver as they have Rudy Gobert. And even if you don't like him as much as others may, I think it's still shown that he can guard some of the best players in the league. And if he can lock down Jokic, there's not much there else there. Uh, and then obviously Lakers and Suns, it's, who knows who, who comes out of there. But uh, I'm keeping the Jazz as my uh, favorite out of the West. Do you have? I guess you could say I finally hopped from the bandwagon or the, the Jazz train because I'm also taking Utah. Uh, for the first time this year, I just think, uh, like you said, the Clippers were my pick, but I don't think there's any chance they win this. I'll take Utah over Memphis and Dallas. Uh, I think Lakers uh, edge out the Suns, and I think uh, Denver can get past Portland, but LeBron's too much at that point for, for uh, Jokic by himself. Um, and then I've got Jazz and a close member of the Lakers, so I also have the Jazz going all the way to the finals. That That's where I'd be a little hesitant. I'm not sure how well they match up against the Lakers. Uh, LeBron and AD were out for a lot of time, so they kind of started off slow getting into this series. If they make it to the Western Conference Finals, who knows how much momentum they'll have. And uh, obviously, LeBron in the playoffs, who knows what can come out of that. So I'd be hesitant. Uh, I think... I, I mean, they'll still have home court advantage, so who knows how that helps them, considering this will probably be a long series. If, if, if it happens, I mean, it's no guarantee they beat the Clippers or the Mavericks, but yeah, uh, I think that 
they probably have the best odds at this point, especially with the Lakers in a really tight uh, series there. The um, Suns, I mean, they are up 2-1, but I, I expect the Suns to bounce back for uh, game four. I, I, I see that being a really close series. So, yeah, uh, a lot of storylines here. It's obviously no lock, more open than it's been in a while. Yep. All right. Uh, I think that's all we got for today. So we'll be back tomorrow with episode 132 doing the Eastern Conference. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.